Hey everyone, this is Nick Dio. We're back for episode two of Inside 4Ds. And for those of you who weren't able to tune into episode one, I moderate and manage the 4Ds program at VaynerMedia. Now, the 4Ds program, which stands for Daily Digital Deep Dive, is VaynerMedia's full day tactical workshop where we host marketers and operators of all size companies to really help them dissect the current and emerging digital landscape. You're about to hear Gary's private consulting portion of the 40s day where he goes one-on-one with businesses in the room to help diagnose some of the challenges and the obstacles that they're facing. And just as a reminder, this is one of eight sessions that happens during the course of a 40s day, the others of which are confidential. Throughout your audio experience, I'll be pausing the session to provide some added context that might be missing. Additionally, I'll be layering in commentary over top to help connect the dots and provoke some thoughts for you to consider. In this episode, Gary gets extremely practical on community management. He talks about the optimal relationship between the operator and the owner, and he discusses the vulnerability of overexpansion. Now, just a quick update before we get into the episode. As it relates to 4D's dates through the end of the year, we're actually sold out of all dates within the U.S. until 2019. We have one date on the calendar for December 19th out of our UK office. So all of our UK and EU listeners, that's a great chance for you guys to get in the room. And for everybody else who's, who's US-based, we'll, we'll be back in 2019. We have three dates on the calendar, all of which can be found at vaynermedia.com backslash events. And if you have any questions about the 40s program or what the day entails, please feel free to shoot me uh, your questions either on Twitter, on email, on Twitter, at Nick, D-I-O-D-A-T-O, and on email, N-D-I-O-D-A-T-O, at VaynerMedia.com, if the subject matter is a little bit more private. So without further ado, let's get into it. This is episode two of Inside 40s. What have we had so far? Uh, platform partnerships, personal branding, and uh, Maribel. Fantastic. And Tyler presents today for Part Culture. Very nice. Thanks for being here. I'd love for you to go around the room and introduce yourself and tell me a little about your tell me your business, and then we'll go around and go more detailed. Sure. Um, so I own a car dealership outside of Kansas City. My name's Michael Munsterman, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, we got into it just a little under two years ago, and it's probably our sixth industry we've been in. So we just like to hop. Really? This is where we are right now, scaling. And what was your biggest ambition uh, of what you were looking to achieve with this? Um, the car businesses are archaic, and really like left in the stone ages, the way people are doing it, like it hasn't changed in 30, 40 years. And so there's just tons of opportunity, I think, to scale and cut out all the bullshit and really just get to a point where we can deliver product to customers without them worrying about all the games and hassle and nonsense associated with the industry. I get it. Awesome. Hi. Hi. Uh, my name is Ariana. I'm Hi, here with my boss, Dr. Madani. He's a facial plastic surgeon. And I do his marketing. I do like his Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and just trying to get better at it. Um, get more people in the door. I get it. Him optimize on social media. Awesome, nice to meet you. 
I remember. Um, so I'm, I just want to become a, uh, you know, use my platform, uh, gain more followers, and then uh, create a more uh, C and B business or be a, a KOL for, for industry tech that uh, for tech in my space uh, to educate clients and, and we want to get better with it through our social media platforms. Thanks for being here. I'm Frank Minger. Uh, I made my company to EBM. I founded it in uh, 2013. EBM. EBM yeah. stands for eBenefit Marketplace. So it's an online. Uh, we do online enrollment platforms, benefits technology. Um, so I kind of been an entrepreneur since probably six or seven grade, selling candy, evolving to other things. Um, I started a computer company, got into benefits technology, and been in that space for a while. Um, Definitely looking to grow my personal brand and use that to open other doors for other opportunities to grow the business. I understand. Hey, where are you from? Connecticut. Awesome. Thanks for being here. I'm uh, Phil Nielsen from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I own a pest control company, and here because we've we've grown for nine or ten years primarily by direct sales hire college kids to go door to door and sell contracts for us. And uh, I mean, it's, it's been really good. We've grown like a, we've grown a lot. It's just not, it's not really sustainable. How come? Just cause it's really hard to continue to like recruit those those people. They also, the, the retention on those accounts isn't, isn't as good. Um, and the marketplace is so saturated with other companies that are doing the same thing that we are that the amount of money that these kids are making that we have to pay, um, it'd be cheaper for me to go buy just go buy pest control companies outright in my market than it would be to continue to do that. Um, guys are making hundreds of thousands of dollars in four months selling selling bug spray door to door. So it's just really expensive. So um, I, I I don't know how long this will take me. I wanna I need to learn something else that will kind of translate to open up other business opportunities that might be outside of the pest control business. Understood. I know you, Justin. Um, I'm Matt Farrar. Uh, my business partner Joe and I have a rapidly growing digital agency that's based in Florida. Uh, this is actually the second time you and I have gotten to be in a room together. You spoke at a small business summit in Florida in 2012 that my, uh, at the time, girlfriend, now wife, helped put together. So like I pushed, pushed, pushed to get them to bring you in as a speaker and you had to give the uh, censored version because they were super paranoid about it. <laughs> But at the time, like my caveat. How'd it go? Were they happy with the talk? Do what? Were they happy with the talk? Oh, they loved it. Yeah. Good. And Thank like, God. my caveat was I think I really think this guy you should bring, but I get to spend 30 minutes in the green room with him. Like, <laughs> like, that's my only that was the rule. Request. So, like, and she was like, you have to marry me, right? Do what? She was like, now we have to get married. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, like, one of the things I had just started doing some consulting on the side at my own, um, doing digital. Now we have a full-blown business um, with eight employees that do it, but at the time, we do a lot of work in the political industry, um, so I talked to you about that, and your theory at the time was you could move to any city in the country, um, and in two years or less, get elected mayor of that city using nothing but digital, which, I mean, I still think is 100% true. Well, now I think if I was born here, I'd literally be the president of the United States of America. I just <laughs> genuinely believe that. I, I, I think it's probably true. Um, so like I said, our, our agency is, is rapidly growing. Mm -hmm. You know, he and I are here to, to kind of next level it. Yep. Um, like we've got a, a lot of big opportunities that we want to hone our craft and capitalize on as much as possible. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, Good to see you again. So Joe Clement, second, same company, 
I mean, the goal is just like to grow the right way and, you know, be a business that's in it for the long haul. There's, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people in digital right now making a lot of money and at some point the prices rise and things change in the industry and I wouldn't be here in, you know, in 10 years with, you know, my team in a bigger building. And you guys, and you guys offer what services at its core right now? Yeah, so typically um, what that looks like for us is um, it's either going to be a political client, a real estate developer with a project they're trying to get through a local uh-huh. um, county commission, or um, we've actually gone into tourism pretty heavily in the last year. Um, and so on the first two sides, what that looks like is there's, there's an opponent on the other side, and so it's pushing message and, and persuading for the most part. I get it. Try not to get beat when the vote comes. And you guys do strategy, creative, and paid media? Yeah, yep. so one of the reasons we were successful is we both worked in Florida politics before we started this business and had a good reputation doing that. And so when a client hires us, it's not only that you know we can buy the Facebook ads and whatever, it's like- You're from that world. about yep. the industry. Got it, awesome. My name is Brooke. I live in Huntington Beach, California. And through your first in line uh, program, I actually won mm-hmm. this ticket. I'm aware. I'm really grateful to you and your team. Um, my husband and I are owners and operators of a company called Beach City Sports. We facilitate what we call adult social sports uh-huh. leagues. We are in three cities for our fourth in the fall, and our goal is to be um, up and down the coast. So my year has been spent just re-recognizing this is our goal, what are we doing to get there? Mm -hmm. And the added component to that is we are planning to start a family this year, and so I get to figure out how to grow while stepping back from the company for a couple of years. Congrats, and I get it. Okay, awesome. Hello, my name is Joaquin from the southernmost city in the world, Ushuaia. I run a travel agency. I'm a tour operator too. We bought 15 days ago a winter resort. Wow, congrats. Uh, we reinvest uh, that money in real estate development. And uh, my goal and life proposal is to build a foundation, an entrepreneur foundation, to help poor people of my country. So Fantastic. I have time enough and money enough to just dedicate my love for the foundation. Very cool. Uh, but I need the strategies and to know how to do it because I am an entrepreneur, I'm not a mi- businessman, so it's time to get uh, lessons on how to build a company, not entrepreneur. I understand. But business with good goals, good... Uh, Operations is a different uh, skill set. I, I, I must learn how to do it. I understand. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Hi, my name is Alexander Idens. I am the founder of uh, Big Life Journal, which is a company that produces positive mindset um, products for children. And our main product is a journal for children. Um, and I'm a huge fan of yours. And I started a company when I was um, on maternity leave with my full, taking 100% of my time taking care of the baby and also running the business. And I basically just did, did everything that you said to do, and we had seven-figure business in nine months. Um, so uh, right now, my goal is for my company to become the um, world's leading company in positive mindset education for young children, for young people. What ages? Is uh, your right sweet now spot? We started at five, uh, five to 
five to six years of old age, but now there's so many people that asking us to create something and help teens. Sure. Teachers are really tough. Yep. So now I'm working on actually the positive mindset journal for teens. So. Very cool. Yeah. And where are you from? Uh, Westchester. Westchester. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for coming. Adam Bolid. Uh, I'm from Toronto, and uh, I've been in tech startups for about 20 years. Um, here. Started when you were zero? Started basically zero, yeah, exactly. Uh, Toronto, LA, Vancouver, uh, and then the largest bank in Canada pulled me back from Vancouver to come and help them with, uh, be part of their innovation group. Okay. Um, where we're creating startups within the bank. Understood. In order to be able to try to generate relationships directly with Canadians. Have uh, to do it. At different points of the customer journey. Makes sense. Uh, so we have roughly 15 to 20 right now. Um, and I'm here to try to figure out, pull back a way to equip all of those people, whether they work for the bank, whether they're external entrepreneurs coming in, people like me who are just like product managers, uh, with the knowledge of how to try, to try to bring attention to each one of those brands they're attempting to stand up in the market. And are you? And are you? Are they? Did you? Did they send you? Like so, you're pro, you do project? I do product management. Yeah. <clears throat> so are you looking to go into marketing? No, I'm just super interested in it. I get it. So I basically, I just was like, this is awesome, let's do it. I got them to turn around, and I'm here. That's really cool. Well, great, listen, I'm super pumped all of you are here. Thank you so much, I'm flattered. I think this is the point where we get, you know, obviously you're gonna get a lot of information, you've gotten a bunch already, you're gonna get more after this. This is where you need to go super narrow. And you know, and really just ask your question. Like, what I wanna, I wanna go back around and basically <clears throat> answer your questions and get to as many of them as possible, as often as possible, and see how many times we can get around. But what, what do you what do you want? You know, all of you have some level of context for me. Like, what can I really help with most? And so that's the uh, bat I want to take. So, yeah. So for me, I I seen that you did some promoting and marketing directly to insurance and auto salespeople. Like, they seemed like there was an event specific. Agent Twenty Twenty One. Yes. Yes. It- Hey everyone, just jumping in with a quick plug. Michael was just referencing VaynerMedia's owned event, Agent 2021, which is actually happening again this year on January 17th down in Miami, Florida. This is the second year for VaynerMedia's conference that exclusively is held for agents in the field specifically of auto, insurance, travel, and real estate. Now, tickets are available for that event at VaynerMedia.com backslash events. Uh, We'll also be hosting our first 4Ds in Miami the day prior on January 16th. You can get tickets for that at the same destination as well. Okay, back to the session. And uh, I, I, that says to me that you recognize the break that I see in, in this industry. So for me, it's a little bit of, where do you think a guy like me, how do we stand out? So you have dealerships? I have a dealership right now. And so one of the things that's really interesting to me about a dealership or dealerships is they, so I think the Delta is marketing. I think that at a whole, tier three auto is throwing 90 cents on the dollar directly in the trash and they're marketing. The problem for me is is uh, that a lot of it's being co-opt and they're co-opting you on television and print but they're not gonna co-op you on influencer marketing and Facebook, which is the excuse a lot of my homies say in tier three but I'm like, that's fine but what about the money you're putting in? So, you know, is kind of like the argument that I have an, with them. And, and I'm an independent. Right, so yeah, you don't so even have that no issue. Co-op. Yeah. So, Everything we've done so far has been social. So look, I think the, I've looked at the space for five or six or seven years pretty intensely. I think a lot has evolved even in the last five or six years. 
Whereas if this was 2013, I'd be like, you're right. Like 90% of the market is so full of shit. Just be a good human being and like literally at some level that will work itself out. Like thank you economy type shit, right? Mm -hmm. I will say that the advancement of technology and information, as you know, has put dealerships in such a defensive standpoint to what they used to do because they used to make their money on the shadows. Now the consumer's so disproportionately educated you know, look, I think there's a couple of things. One, dealerships are super fascinating to me. One, they have salespeople sitting there Monday through Friday not doing anything. So, you know, to me, that's interesting. I've continuously thought that Twitter community management in a five mile radius by salespeople sitting in a dealership is like the great, like this great fun opportunity that, I, like I've almost like literally dreamt about buying a dealership just to do it. Cause I've it's- got one in Missouri, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, so a couple things, you know, if I was to buy a dealership in Missouri tomorrow, I would have every salesperson trained and operating on community management on Twitter within a five to 10 mile radius of the dealership. Every day, literally sitting at their desk and engage it like, you know, like the, you know, the Cardinals did this, cool. Like I'm, I'm, I, uh, I have a flat tire, like replying like I'm gonna go pick you up in one of our cars. You have two assets that I'm fascinated by that aren't used. One, salespeople. Two, the cars themselves. So before we get into the stuff that is super obvious, which is spend no money on traditional media, spend all of it on Facebook and Instagram and your business will be better, mm-hmm. and YouTube pre-roll based on search query, that is actually the core marketing answer. I mean, it's not super complicated. I'm sure I've said it 100,000 times on video. That's the answer. I think what's good about 4Ds is like the level up to that answer. You should be giving away your cars <laughs> for rent, AKA anybody with any kind of influence, every suburban alpha mom that lives in a five mile radius of your dealership should be, game, should be using her social media of micro influence to in turn get to use a new car for the weekend if that is of her ambition because your two biggest assets are the time the salespeople are just sitting around and doing nothing and the cars that are sitting on the lot doing nothing. Hmm, right. I literally am not joking, this seems totally countercultural. If I had a car dealership, I wouldn't have the cars on the lot Monday through Friday. Interesting. Like, and obviously I'm going to the extreme, I surely wouldn't have as many cars on the lot as everybody else does because even if I took half of them and you turned them into collateral to get awareness for my dealership, um, and then, do you do parts and services? We, we are, so we just bought a new building behind us to build out a full. Good, when you do that, uh, I saw Wine Library TV up here when I walked in. Mm-hmm. Whoever is the most knowledgeable people on your parts and service people need to be putting out video content ASAP about helping all of us not come to the dealership. The great brain twist of all of this is giving away all your best information for free is the answer. All of us have been taught that our IP is what people pay for, except we don't calibrate that the internet changed that rule completely. The answer is to give away, like literally you should have a show called How We're Not Gonna Let You Come To Us and Give Us Your Money. Like you you don't realize that we're gonna charge you 600 bucks for changing your spark plug, because if you ask me to, like to change my spark plug or to know that my spark plug was the reason my car doesn't work, the answer is I have no idea what the fuck you even just said. 
<laughs> right. And if you're making a video that goes viral in a, te- in a 25 mile radius of your dealership of like, we are gonna save you money from coming to us, here is a three minute video on YouTube of changing a spark plug, use it, you will be fascinated what that will mean. Because it comes down to, everybody in here is in the branding or, mar- or selling business. You're either branding and marketing or you're selling. And most people don't understand how to break down the two. That's why I wrote Jab, 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 Right Hook. That was the content version of it. But the biggest problem for everybody in this room is the blending of marketing and sales. That is absolutely the framework issue. What I think I'm unbelievably good at as I start to dissect myself and try to figure out how to make better content is I'm all in when I brand and I'm all in when I sell. I'm super comfortable saying here's a fucking sneaker, buy it, buy it, buy it. And I'm also super comfortable 98% of the time putting out all my content for free and having no subtle innuendo to like buy my island or rent my, or join my mastermind. Everybody's blending. Everybody does one thing and they're blending branding and sales in the same thing. You put out a great point of view on Twitter advertising but it ends with come to our agency or an end card of your agency. Like I don't do any of that. The audience will figure it out. No, that makes sense. Do you understand? Yeah, I do. It's equally smart to run Facebook ads that say no money down, no lease, two ninety nine a month. Nice, solid sell. But then also putting out a piece of content that's about the branding of the humans that work at the dealership. Why, this, that, the other thing. You've got to win over your 25-mile radius as a media company. You know? And, th- and this has been, I- I'm glad that you talked about the car because this is one of the hardest parts for me is when I'm reaching out to an influencer, what's that data piece that I have that's a good flop for them? You know, because a free car. A free car. <laughs> for a week, a day, an hour, a year. Based on them. Like searching the word car on Twitter and everybody who mentions the word car on Twitter in a 15 mile radius of your dealership is a really good idea. Yeah. I don't even have a computer anymore. I don't even know how to use one. I haven't had a regular computer in so long. Is it, whose is this? It's the Fucking fuck. Probably. Yeah, do that. Um, that's, I'll show you something, but that's, yeah, that's good. media and sales. Perfect. I appreciate it. You got it. Oh, I'm on the spot? Yeah. Um, You're so super on the spot. I, I do most of his posts. For him. Um, As him? Yeah. Huge mistake. Well, I do my posts. She's doing posts. We, we do we have two, he does two, his own. Two sides. Got it. Yes. For the brand of the business. Yeah. Got it. So sometimes I get in a rut of like knowing what to post. Yes. So I don't sound like a broken record. So I'm not repeating myself or I want people to be interested. The broken record might be right. I would tell you the number one mistake me and my team are doing right now is not being, not playing our biggest hits on the radio often enough. Number one mistake I'm making right now, I'm being selfish now, I'm giving myself advice, Mm -hmm. is there's clearly 11 pieces of content that I've made that have won. They've won. And we finally started a little bit with 400 trillion to one, we're running hard. But like, we we finally got a little bit better in the last couple months. I wouldn't overthink, first of all, don't forget, are we talking about Instagram? Yeah. Only a certain percentage is seeing it. You can literally post the same fucking thing 19 days in a row, 38 times, and your entire overall organic audience is not gonna see it 100%. Mm-hmm. Got it? Yeah. So that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Keep going. So a couple things on that. Are you worried, mm-hmm. let's talk about it, because this is where you gotta help me, you gotta help each other. 
What Babin and DRock will tell you is that the best thing working for me is I don't, I basically let them put out all the content they want. I don't have any say, that's why we're fast. Outside of my Instagram where they send me stuff off of quotes that I approved ahead of time, maybe I just didn't like the way it looked or didn't feel as good, it looked good on words, but when I see it, but other than that, like Daily V, I don't even watch. I'm no, like, I'm, I, I don't know what the fuck Daily V has done for the last 100 episodes, no clue. Like, are you worried? I think one of the things that can, especially in this kind of situation where there's a human, I have empathy for both of you, by the way, I don't think there's a right or wrong, it's just global empathy. Is you might be, are you, how much are you worried about what he thinks of the post versus how well the audience does? It's more about the audience. Good, so then I think it's on you to be less fancy. Hey everyone, Dio here. I'm jumping in to let you all know that this is really at the core of Gary's thesis of document over create. Now, some of you might be familiar with that, but for the ones that aren't, it's rooted in not allowing the creative subjective opinion to get in the way of publishing, distributing, or even just creating content. What happens when we create and publish content is we begin to start the feedback loop. That feedback loop is comments, it's likes, it's any metric that gives us any type of insight into understanding how the market is receiving a piece of content that allows us to optimize and then become more efficient or create additional content for what is successful. Now, I think added context here is important. When I brought the first episode of Inside 4Ds into Gary's office and I started to play it for him aloud, it might have went on for about 15 seconds before he picked his head up from his phone and he said, what is this? And I, you know, I began to explain to him what I was, what I wanted to do with with these episodes and before I could even finish my description, he said approved. And he looked at me and he said, I, I don't really think you all understand how much I abide by my own gospel. Now, this was a super important lesson for me and it's one I wanna drive home for everyone else here. Whether it's you know the manager who's handcuffing creatives because of their own idealized perception of what perfection is creatively, or if it's the creators that are handcuffing themselves because they're struggling to press the post button. In either situation, to begin to start the feedback loop, you need to start creating content at scale. Okay, let's get back into the episode. The fuck's gonna happen if you don't put out a good post? Like the algorithm is fickle, but not that fickle. You know what I mean? If you put out five bad posts in a row, it's not like they're gonna destroy you and you're not gonna get organic reach, which gets me the next part you need to be running ads anyway. Like the organic reach part of all of this is a nice to have. Just so everybody understands, the organic reach part of all of this is the sprinkles nice to have added value, not the main course. So for example, every piece of content you're putting out should have advertising dollars behind it. $50, $100, doesn't have to be crazy because you're gonna learn something new. You're gonna learn how an African-American female making $100,000 a year responded to that piece of content. Got it? You're gonna understand how a Golden State Warriors fan at the height of them being in the finals responds to it. Or somebody who's a fan of Kim Kardashian. Or somebody that likes Nordstrom's. Or somebody that likes Coachella. Do you understand? You need to learn from every post. How many followers do you have on Instagram? 
$10,500. For you? Well, it's the same. It's my Instagram, it's my, it's my business Instagram. It's my brand. It's me. One more time. So when you said earlier, I thought there was two different accounts. It's one account. Okay. She'll post my the, the daily post on Instagram. She'll just come up with a, the, the, the what, an old video content. She'll edit it. I totally understand. And I'm doing my stories. Understood. Highlights. Awesome. And do you guys, on the post that you're posting on the Instagram, is it being posted as it's, um, is the copy it's more being? like selling, like, like talking about procedures. Or what is it? Educating Show me. What is it? Madani Facial Plastics, M-A-D-N-A-N-I. It's like talking about different treatments that you can get. M-A-D? M-A-D-N-A-N-I. M-A-D? N-A-N-I. N-A-N-I. Yep, got it. Facial Plastics. It's a very nice profile picture. You know, it's interesting. You guys are doing the reverse of what I do. I use my main Instagram for all kind of jab content, and I use my stories for more of my right hook content. You're using your main page as the right hook stuff, right? It's content. It looks like, you know, all of it has the phone number. You're, you're in a really interesting spot. Let me give you some really good advice very quickly. You are really misusing Instagram because you're using it for sales. And I couldn't disagree with it more. Don't forget, Instagram, even the way you put your phone, you put your phone number in here, look what I'm doing. I can't even link it, there's friction. Whereas a story, you can swipe up and it gets you right to where you wanna go. Um, I would reverse, I, I, I would, first of all, I wouldn't, your Instagram profile for all of you right now, at this moment, because I know this video will play in six years. As of this moment, as of this moment, your Instagram profile is basically your face to your consumer base. It's your PR, it's more PR than anything. It's your brand. Mm -hmm. Your Instagram right now is full sales. I'd rather you go way more into branding there and then use Instagram ads and Facebook ads to do your sales because they're not gonna show up here. You're, you're creating a really low image play. This is where people are gonna go. Like right now, especially the modern woman that you guys are looking for, they're gonna go here first, ahead of your website. And so what the, the impression they're getting is very sales driven. And even just by the nature of what I think you do, um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's what I would say. And then as far as, I like, I like what you're doing with, the, it's funny, what you're doing with this story, I would, I would really debate, I mean I like that you're building your personal brand through your stories. It's easier for me, because I, I have my. Makes a ton of sense, I like it. Um, I, th- I think you should, I, what I'll tell you will work in my opinion if I reset this whole thing, all the Instagram story would be about branding, uh, story, posts would be about branding, which is gonna help you a lot more. <clears throat> You'll be able to do more if the pressure of conversion and sales and phone calls and all that, just the element of it, even subconsciously, you can still be you. If you look at my stories, it might just be me with like a filter, but then the next one would be swipe up and buy my book. What stories does, at least for now, is gives you a lot of freedom to mix jabs and right hooks. So you can still be on your merry way doing, you know, this is a hot dog and did you just see Gary in the background just like you did today, but also three times a day, four times a day, she can put a swipe up call, you know, swipe up and call, you see where I'm going? 
Then you can use your main page to post two to three branded, high quality pieces of content. Think of it as Vogue as your main page because right now you're like the classified section on your main page. Does that make sense? That makes sense. That will really work for you. Especially given the nature of what I think you're, who you're trying to get to. It's just too cheap of a look for what you do. And I'm not even a real critical eye. So I can't imagine the potential clientele you're looking for. It's the wrong look. But you've got the pressure of you're running a business. You can get away with business and story much more than you can on the feed. Can I ask you? Of course. So on the macro level? Yes. So the business is growing. The growing pains is, you know, managing the staff to grow with the business. Yes. As opposed to me micromanaging versus delegating. Yep. And then scaling me, scaling the business. Mm -hmm. those Those are the two pain points I see in the macro level. That's great. Those are two things I've lived my whole life. So, the first thing is ego. Starts with you. You know, the biggest mistake, uh, dynamic entrepreneurs who are also building personal brands, and I'm about to get to a bunch more, is, this is the reason my dad's business was the size that it was, and it was incredible to go from zero and no language to what he built, but the reason I think my dad had a lot left in his tank and could have been much bigger was he wasn't capable of trusting people. And number two, he didn't understand the value of 84 people being 8.3s to his 10. So I don't know you well enough, but I promise you, like I've never stressed about scale because I like 7.1s and 6.9s and 8.2s I don't think about perfection. I don't think about, I don't have ego in thinking I'm the best at everything or have to impose it on my people or up to my standard or my name's on the door, you better do that. So you have to have a very honest conversation with yourself about where you sit on that pendulum. You know, or you may be saying, that's what, there's only one of two problems. That one or the second one, which is you don't like managing people. And, you, and, it's, and you're also starting to take the fruits of a little bit of micro fame, and you're like, this is fun. What's causing a lot of friction for a lot of people is they never loved managing people, right? But fuck it, that's the only options. But now all of a sudden they've got this new personal social media, personal brand thing, and like, this is fucking amazing. I just got paid $10,000 for my first speech and they flew me to Florida. This, cool, this person just asked me for a selfie. This person that's cool just followed me on Instagram. And like, this is all so much better than managing people. I never liked that to begin with. It's, your problem is one of those two things. And, and oftentimes a combination of those two things. Uh, now answer me about those two things, what you think of those two things. I think it's the managing people. I'm ego, let go of. Okay. Um, but the managing people is tough. Great. Yeah. I have great news. Bring in somebody to manage the people. Starting in a month. Dan, let me give you a really good piece of advice. If she's wrong, move fast. Because yeah. people make that mistake. We did a two month process before you brought her on board. Oh, that's awesome. So you've gotten the rent? Like you, or was it just two months we of bet, meeting? We vetted each other. Got it, yeah. Let me give you a really good story. I've, I think I have like the greatest EQ and all this fucking, you know, the amount of people that I've hired that sucked shit is so high, it's scary, and I think I'm so good at it. So back to ego, promise me, because this will become your next much bigger vulnerability than what you have now, if you get a sense in the first six to 12 weeks that you're wrong, be, be cordial to her and give her a nice package, but do not sit on somebody that doesn't hold your you know, morals in place. Like, when I say let somebody manage, that means let them manage. You can't be half pregnant. Do you understand? Let her give, I give my people full fucking autonomy, and then I get to decide one thing. 
Do they get to stay or do they get to go? I don't get to mingle. Or, in, got it? That's how you scale. And I fucking scale. Thank you. You got it. Um, all right, so I'll try to keep as narrow as possible, but I want to give you a little context. Um, so if I skip forward, some of this is being recorded, I have to skip forward to about 2003. Okay. Um, so I started my first company then in, in the IT field. Um, so I've been kind of on my own with not, not working for anyone except myself. So I was lazy. I did that for probably eight years, made good money, um, but didn't work hard enough to, to really take it to the next level. I loved what I was doing, but you know, I got it. see the big picture of running it. I get it. Um, got invited to be part of a, a bigger company, an insurance organization, where they saw value in me and said, hey, we want to hire you, we'll give you equity, come on in. And I went in there, went all in, and learned everything there was to know about the insurance industry. And decided I didn't, that's not what I wanted to do. Cool. Um, so when uh, President Obama came up with uh, Obamacare, yep. uh, public exchange, private exchanges. Yep. Um, public exchanges. So I wanted to develop a, a private exchange. So I understand. My problem is I don't own the technology that I offer. Yep. Um, but I don't think that that's a, a, the biggest problem um, because there's a huge need for people that want technology that's out there but don't want to pay for it, to license it, build it, support it, maintain it, do all the stuff that comes along with owning uh, or having technology. So Tons of people, of yeah, resellers of Oracle and yeah, so these are, com- Microsoft, these are real companies, I get it. So so we're a small company, we, I got, I, basically I started the company $10,000 loan, never took on debt. So we're doing, financially the company does well, I don't need to borrow, so all the money I get and I don't, I'm not like you call fancy. Mm-hmm. Enough to survive. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I, there's people that you know make way more than that. So, um, so I'm not trying to. I take all the money that I get, goes back to the company, goes to my people, goes uh-huh. to how we can get better technology, marketing. But how do I? Like everyone's like, oh, private equity people all the time. Like you know, we, we'll give you money, you can grow, you can scale. How do I? How do I scale without taking on debt or taking on another investor or partner or something like that? Slowly. Um, I know, I've been, I've been going slow. I just figure, you know, we're growing. You know, we went from you know zero revenue to three million last year. This year, we'll grow. We, we, we're about fifteen percent profitability, so 15 percent, so which is decent. Yep. Um, and that money again goes back into the company. So there's only slow or fast. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, I want to move faster, I guess, than I am. Then you're gonna have to give up your business, meaning you're gonna have to take on a credit line. You're gonna have to take on a loan. You're gonna have to give up a piece of your business to venture capital, or you're gonna have to give up a piece of your business to private equity. Or grow slow. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that was easy, though. It really is easy. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, people want it their way. Like, you were, tr- you were trying to figure out the angle, rightfully so, this is what we all do. You were trying to figure out the angle I think the thing that like really helped me is I went, I've gone to everything with fresh eyes. I'm so undereducated. Everything became very basic. Mm-hmm. It was a very basic answer. I know the reason I'm good in these settings is like I promise you, like it was I was right, and those were the two issues. I don't know if it was 80 percent the first one, 20, 100, or zero, but that was it. And then we followed up and I made sure like, okay, now you did this. Now when you finally handed off the thing you don't want to do, the problem is if that's not the right person then the whole thing falls. That's how people have lost their businesses. Same with yours. There's only fast or slow. 
So you scaling a business like you know you obviously you scaled my library. You've taken this and scaled it, but um, I call it slow fast. In the machine, you talked about you want to take businesses and put them through your machine. Mm-hmm. That's your ultimate, your mm-hmm. end goal is mm-hmm. to take something, put it in the machine, and now it's running your way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if my business, if you had my business, and you said, "Okay, Frank, you know you're you're doing well, no debt, you know, pretty happy life," um, but you, if I, if you were to take me and, I, and my company and put it through your machine, would it be money? That what I mean, what would you do? To marketing. 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 Marketing is the way you don't. You aren't at the expense of capital. Mm-hmm. Got it? Yeah. If I ran your business this year, it'd go from, th- not from three to 4.5 or three, it would just go for more. Like that's what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. That's why my top line revenue numbers are so staggering with no cash infusion. Cause I'm better at marketing. When you're better at marketing, you get more business. Thank you. So like, you know, if I bought your business, like, you know, I'd probably decide, I'd look at how much marketing you spend, if you, and I'm hearing the size of your business, like, if you spent 180,000 last year on marketing, I'd probably decide when I bought you, I'd also spend 500, but I'd make that, one, you know, the delta of that 500, you, you know, if you're 180 the year before, usually, if what the business I'm gonna look for, if you're 180 in the Gary barometer of success was, was being spent and you got $120,000 worth of marketing spend value, Right? Well, then I'm hoping my 500,000 will get $3 million worth of marketing value, and that's how I think about it. Car dealership land, when car dealerships like, I spend a million on marketing, I say you spend 100,000 on marketing. Because I think they threw it away on radio and outdoor, and it was in actual, I always think in actuality. Right? The reason I'm exploding is I might be able, I might spend a million dollars on it, but I'm really spending $11 million on it. Got it? Um, so, um, just to give you a little bit of context, I said that I'm in Pescatoy, I came from, mm-hmm. we all, all of us have sales backgrounds uh-huh. that I work with, um, and so I have one, one business partner that started the company years ago, he had some, he had his son who was born premature, sold the business off, and then the rest of us said, hey, we were going to go grow the business with you, now what the hell do we do? And so we came up with a shared ownership model, where he's the same partner, but there's 14 different locations across the country now. Similar like a franchise, but not actually set up and structured like a franchise. Each one is a separate entity owned, primarily run by like me, and then he's basically like silent partner that invested in the company initially and now has all his money back. Um, so like I said, we've grown, but our core competency was hiring and training direct, direct salespeople, and we're really, really, really good at it. It's just a hard thing to sustain to be Continuing to do that, the brain damage is, is a lot because you're having these 21-year-old kids. Um, it's just a difficult thing to manage. But we spent no time, zero time marketing, no time in social media. Because you did sales. Because everything we did was, was sunk into that. And I'm a big fan of sales. We are too. We're trying to shift, trying to shift gears to kind of get more into marketing. Of course, because um, sales is a junior version. Yes. Marketing's the game. Yes. It's just way harder. Yeah. So we, without us really knowing, we tried to vet out and, 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 and hire people to do it the last couple of years. That's always um, fun. Collectively, we lost probably about $2 million. Makes that sense. Happened. That's right. Um, and along the way, I was, you know, they would say things and that I, it sounded, the things they were saying sounded ludicrous, like when they called me and said, you want to put, a, put, put up a billboard in a, in a radio ad. Anyway, we ended up losing a bunch of money. So now I am, I'm just. You're like, uh, fuck that. That's why I'm here. I'm like, I'm not going to go through that again. 
So I'm just gonna do it uh, at my level as much as I can. And by the way, so that makes out. me super happy because the number one thing that should be happening in society is everybody, no matter what the fuck you do, needs to figure this out because it's the currency of our society. Yeah. Like no matter well, I, can't, what, I can't manage it if I don't. You need to know it as well as she does. Thing. Everybody here. Yeah, I get it. How do you judge? Yeah. So my, my question is kind of, kind of two-part. One of the, um, we now have um, kind of one guy who's kind of our, the creative guy that we all sort of are paying. We kind of rebranded everything recently. Just logos and things, colors and things like that. So first, I guess my, my, my first part question, we're in you know, pest control services. It seems to be people, people move from company to company pretty easily. In this, in 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 our in our industry, it was like a twenty percent retention rate that people cancel and move. We're having a hard time, I think, kind of trying to understand maybe what the social currency of a pest control company is, and then how do we? You know what's crazy? How do we kind of attack the marketing there? Because right it's now fun. it's like if I don't have bugs and you offer me a dollar less, then I'm gonna have a guy who's who's a dollar less. It's fucking crazy because the answer is brand. Yeah. You're in the insurance business. That's what you're actually in. Yeah. Got it? Yeah. You need a fucking Geico or a fucking Flow. So the answer is, my point of view, is you're going down the right path. Because even if you think about how your business plays out, you're in the branding business. Yeah. Anytime I hear the word money, like a dollar less, the, always the answer is marketing, not sales. Yeah. And nobody wants to go there because they're always math guys and girls. They're salespeople. And salespeople say, I hired fucking Rick. He's 21 years old, I pay him 14 bucks an hour, and I can't wait in a month to see what that money that I paid Rick converted into sales, and great, Rick's worth this, and Susie, fuck her, she sucks, because we paid her you know, 450 bucks this month, and she only got one, and I'm not paying $450 for a fucking lead, get the fuck, get her some fucking Gary Vee videos to pump her up, and, and, and you know, a race to the bottom. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Your answer is Facebook for the rest of like, the rest, like you need to figure out Facebook and that's it. Nothing else, nothing else. I'm not kidding. For your business, mm-hmm. Instagram's not right. It's gonna be too expensive, you won't convert as well. It's not there yet. Mm-hmm. It's Facebook. It's Facebook and it's Google AdWords, but not Google AdWords, it's Google, it's YouTube pre-roll videos based on what people searched on Google. Because if somebody's searching like insect problem or pest control or got it, and then they go watch a Jets video on YouTube and you jokers show up and be like, are you looking for pest control? They're like, oh fuck, I am. Yeah. (laughs) It will work. Yeah. Got it? Yeah. Literally, that's it. You should literally go home. Go home now and Google, how do I run YouTube pre-rolls based on search queries on Google and how do I run Facebook ads and you'll get some more of that here. But like honestly, that's all you have to figure out and you need to spend little dollars, $50, $100, $200, $300 at a time until something feels right. You're like, why do we just get 11 phone calls? Yeah. And just happens, I'm being dead fucking serious with you, that's the answer. Okay. And it will work, right? You know, she took it verbatim and obviously whatever I was putting out at that point, like every business is different. You can see what's happening here. You know, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. The timing of what I was saying really worked with the product she was doing, but that's not always gonna be the case. Yours is super narrow. Nobody's buying pest control on fucking Instagram. I'm telling you that right now. But Facebook, fuck yes. Hey everyone, Dio here. 
If you've listened to the previous episode of Inside 4Ds, you might have heard Gary give a recommendation for a specific ad product and uh, how it might serve as a business solution. Now, like this Google search query to YouTube pre-roll suggestion parlayed with an accompanying Facebook strategy, I think what's most important to follow it up with is how frequently these products and these platforms are changing. Now, Gary is truly on the pulse of platform updates, partly because of VaynerMedia's agency relationship with these players and mostly because of his own immersion into each one of these platforms. Now, within 4Ds, we go through the current ad products in each platform and where we might be seeing underpriced opportunities as we forecast. But let's take into consideration here that you don't need to be on every platform. Identifying which platforms are priority, which ad products are best suited, and where your resources should be expended is paramount to developing a cohesive digital strategy. Okay, let's get back into it. Thank you. You got it. I mean, I got several. The first one is, uh, I mean, it's probably the most important one to us right now. I mentioned earlier, we're rapidly growing right now. So um, both Joe and I come from a practitioner background. Like we've done this shit, like been doing this right. shit for like nine or 10 right. years. They can't so, trick you. Right, we get it. Um, now that I've got to hire a lot of people, like now that the organization's growing, like the revenue's growing, all that, like how do we make sure that the principles, whether it's- You fire. Yeah. I mean, like whether it's hustle, whether it's like skill set, like we just gotta, we you gotta fire. Weed out the, you fire. the crowd. Yeah, you fire. Um, and the second part is, which, oh, by the way, is something I don't think I've done well in the last two years at Vayner, three years at Vayner. I hate, I hate, right? not it's easy. Not. I fucking hate it. Yeah. I'm so not driven by money that it's triple compounded here. Some people, some people get lucky because they're so driven by money, even though they hate it the way I hate it. At least they're like, well, fuck it though. Like, I'm not gonna make any money, so fuck it. Sorry, I fucking love you, but fuck. I don't even want the money. Yeah. So I'm really triple fucked. I don't want to fire you, and I'm not worried about the money. So like, you know, so I'm not even delivering on my own advice here. But that is the answer. Yeah. Um, the second part is uh, we've been um, in a good position where we even though we believe this stuff in and out, like we haven't really had to eat our own dog food. We've had a really nice like referral pipeline that comes in right. and we haven't had to market ourselves very much. Don't. Um, I would just make content. Don't, don't run ads. Yep. Make content. Yep. Start a podcast. Put out, put, do, do what I do. Like you have an, I'm telling you this is super countercultural. Put out your best fucking information. Make a fucking Facebook video that says why Instagram swipe ups get you votes. I, I believe it, man. Good. You, I don't have to be sold on that. Good. Part. So do People it. People are fucking lazy. So do it. 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 Fire, and put out fucking content as a gateway drug to awareness of your agency. Are we making a mistake branding it from the business instead of from ourselves, like the content? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. As a matter of fact, it works both ways. As a matter of fact, I got out of a two-hour meeting today of how much I'm going to put energy into Vayner Media being the deliverer of my content and other executives. No, the content is what matters. Cool. You know? Yep. I, the only mistake you'd be making, you guys seem so passionate about the long term of your business, but I will hedge because things change. You wake up one morning and you're like, fuck this. Happened to my brother. So like, it, you know, uh, the one thing that's great about doing it around your name is if you wake up one day and you don't want to be the wine guy, you don't need to be the wine guy. 
So like if you guys inevitably go down this path and you're like, but wait a minute, we wanna start selling hot dogs. If you built it all under your own name, you can make that pivot pretty easy. If you don't, you know, XYZ agency now posting about hot dogs a much bigger friction than you as a human. Saying, you know, all the shit I learned in politics, now I've got fucking, fuck you Hebrew national, I'm gonna destroy you. Like, you know, that'd be more my style, but you do it your way. <laughs> sure, so, um, you know, you, you always say your goal is to own the Jets. Yes. My goal is just have the access to a jet. And the okay. one thing I know, I know running, uh, you know, a, di- a digital agency for the most part, like, even if you get huge, like, the money, you know, for, for our scale. Let me make sure I understand access to a jet. Oh, Are you yeah. gonna. I don't need to own a jet, but if I could afford to do net jets where in two days. You can definitely do that as an agency. Okay, you think so? Yes, sir. Okay, so, well, you would know. Um, I, I That's a hundred percent sure. You know, but <laughs> and if you're using and it, you know and just like creating clarification, I assume your clarification of access to a jet is I want to build a successful business and make some money. And my clarification, the, the great thing, I think the people that know me the best understand the chase of buying the jets is what I want. You know, yeah. I want the jets, but like honestly. I feel like I'm doing it. I feel like I have the Jets right now because it's the chase of the Jets. The day, the day I get into that jet, or the day we have yeah. a building, is yeah. gonna be one of the worst days of my life. I love it. Like I, I just know it will be. Um, so, but so let's tie this in more. Let's say I decide, man, I don't. I want a. I want a big jet. And I want to own it. Let's say you want to build the best business you can. Yes. Go ahead. You know your parlay is build the agency. Yes. Do PE on top. Yes. Of it, use your knowledge. Yes. What other angles do you see? Um, for digital agencies to do. But Sell stuff. Sell, so get into That's why I use the hot dog thing, 100%. Roger that, okay. That will work. So stuff like what? They may get a client along the way that sells um, wool hats, and while they're running on the business, they're like, fuck. These guys are paying three bucks for a wool hat, they're selling it for $19.99. Facebook ads are converting at three bucks a pop. They're making nine fucking bucks clean. We should sell wool hats. Got it? When you're an agency, and this is why I did it, I know a lot about a lot now. Yeah. <laughs> like I fucking, I'm real dangerous now. Look, some of you, it seems like this group follows me. Like I put out my report card for a reason. That's not how I learn. I learn like this. Now I know a lot about the dog food industry and the, and the water industry. And I mean, I know a lot. It's really good, you know, but I'm patient. Like, what I'm asking like my young fans or what you to do versus what me starting an agency at the net worth that I had on paper and it worked out, so I would argue that me sticking with the agency once Facebook and those things went public, you know, I'm pulling off more patience than any fucking kid I'm asking to pull off patience. I'm super well off eating shit from clients 24 hours a day. And my fucking employees crying about dumb shit. You got eight. You got 800 fucking of these fuckers. So. (laughs) Okay, so I said in my introduction that Beach City Sports, we want to be up and down the coast. Yes. And I have learned a lot about myself within the last couple of years. That's good. I am not interested in being the person that operates those in other cities. It's great. So, 
And where I live, I live in Huntington Beach, so our first three cities that were in Huntington, Newport Beach, and Irvine are, there's so many young adults, yep. professionals there yep. that we haven't even touched the surface. That's correct. And there's a lot, so what? I'm super glad you said that. Yeah. Because everything you framed up is I don't want you to do any more. <laughs> no, well I don't want to do any more either. Fantastic, yeah. we're aligned. Yeah. People's over expansion is why people lose. Sure. For the sake of over, it's all ego. Mm-hmm. We have seven events. Right. Well, I, I would like, so what I'm passionate about is community and connecting people. Okay. I grew up in New Mexico and moved to California by myself and sports happened to be how I made my husband and yeah. my friends. Love that. And I love getting to see that duplicated at all of our leagues. And That's great. That gives your business a heartbeat, which is amazing. So keep going. Yes, really strong heartbeat, really loyal fans. They have their families are starting. There's like BCS babies as a hashtag now because people met and are having kids and like that's what I love. So just hire a brain. Because you've got the heart. Well, and not, not brain as and smart. I use brain as an analogy with the heart thing as the person that's going to operate. Right, right, an operator. Yes. Right. The thing that people really don't, um, you know, Matt Higgins, uh, who's the right hand of Steve Ross, who owns all this and the Dolphins, literally was just in my office. He's like, "Why don't you talk about how good of an operator? Like, why don't you put out content about you being a business person?" Um, first of all, you know. I don't know, but you know, I gotta figure it out. But more importantly, like I operate. So I do both, but like it's the thing that I have to create clarity for people for. Like it's awesome that you're self-aware and know that you don't wanna do that or you don't wanna manage people. That's, that's when you start winning. Now, it makes you a little vulnerable, right? The thing I will tell you too and everybody else, the thing I'm most proud of is, and this is just true, it's really nice for me to know that not a single person can leave this company and really me, and, and Jeff Nicholson's a beast in our media department, right? And like, there's a lot of people that matter in this company, but like, anybody can leave. Because I'm strong enough. And what you want to do is, if it's yours, is never let the operator have too much leverage because then you're vulnerable. So it's the right answer, but you've got to be smart. So you have to have reinforcements behind reinforcements as you scale. The biggest mistake people make when they build out companies is they bring in somebody, you you listen to this, you figure out self-awareness, you're like, yeah. And you get somebody, you're like, and you hit it. You're like, you fucking nailed it. It's the greatest first year, and then you wake up a year and a half later, and you're like, wait a minute. The fuck will happen if Sally gets hit by a car? Wait a minute. What starts happening, you're like, I don't like the way Sally's talking to those senior people over, like, people start getting scared because they become vulnerable. And so you, the first thing you gotta do as your business is growing is create a backup plan for that person. That's how you run an organization. That's how you scale. Well, I don't know if I'm just holding on to an arbitrary goal that we set. You are. And what I wanna say is. Because you're also arbitrary not only on the goal, you're arbitrary on the timing of pulling off the goal. Well, I see the potential for having, what I see that we do well is our registration system and branding. Great. And I see being able to, I don't know if you call it pseudo franchising or I see it needing to be very organic. Every beach city in California is different. Wanting to find just this idea of finding entrepreneurs who are part of the community, been living there a long time. I totally understand. Teaching them how we did it. Yep. And then use our brand name and letting them grow their own, you know. I got it. Yeah. So that's 
I don't know how to do that yet, but essentially white labeling out our brand. I think that's right. Yeah, and then I can focus on what we're doing. But I don't really know what that's called. I it's called franchising. You create control, and back to his point, it's not that he did the exact same model as Burger King, this original gentleman who had that sad issue happen, but what, what you're basically saying is, the second you're giving somebody your brand, you have to have some level of control, mm-hmm. right? What if they post something like this? If you come to our events, you get cancer. That'd be bad for your business, right? So like, I think you have to have some levels of control, um, but that, that mo- the, mo- the model is you're, you're, you're scaling through somebody else being able to monetize by using the brand and the operating system that you've created. Right. It's called franchising. It's called, you know, you, you could call it whatever you want. You could call it preferred partnership program. Mazel tov. it's called three Ps, great. It's all still the same shit. You're gonna manage somebody. Six out of 10 of them are gonna drill it. You're gonna be pumped. Two out of every 10 of them are gonna fuck it up so bad that you have to have the paperwork to be able to fucking fire them so they don't create too much collateral damage on the whole thing. And you're gonna manage a fuckload of people and you're gonna have a new operation career. Yeah, no, that sounds like fun too. That's because you just might not wanna build a business. Yeah. I'm being dead fucking serious with you right now. Listen to me. The biggest thing that people understand is running a business is running a business. You can find things that you like doing within it, but never be confused that running a business is not running a business. The reason I just did that with you is that was my intuition too. That's the alternative to what you're doing now. So what you may wanna do is get a 50% partner who does everything and the only reason you own 50% is you came up with a great fucking idea and an operating system. But running a business is running a business. Mm-hmm. Well, my husband is my business partner. That's good. And he, his strength is the operations, sports, fanatic side of it. Good. And my strength is, I guess, everything else, including the social people side of it. Good. Um, yeah. Well, so to me, in no scenarios, if there's some delta that we're missing, let's say managing the partners, well, you hire that person. Maybe give them 5% of the company. Maybe you're on your way. You know what I mean? Yeah. To your point. I just want to make sure you really, like, you know. No, we've distinguished that I'm not interested in building that. Great. Yeah. Then, it's, then if you think there's one piece that's missing from your combo of two, you bring in the next part and you create a triangle. That person's a president and you incentivize them to stick around and give them five points a point a year at over five years. Now she or he's in it for five years. You could build something, you could deal with it after the fact. You see where I'm going? Yeah. I have in my different business, I have many, many different areas to communicate. The travel agency, the tour operation, the winter resort, my personal brand, and the entrepreneur foundation. Correct. From where communicate? Because I am the face of all of them. From your personal account? From mine. It's what I have. Mm-hmm. I have a family wine business. I have an agency, I have my personal stuff, sneakers, books, startups I'm involved with. Your personal account is this, you're asking the right question, all of it should go through your personal account. You have too many things. When you have two things, you can kind of almost get away with your personality and that business. You start opening up number three, and it's why I like people building one, because I have a funny feeling everyone's gonna realize they're Renaissance men and women sooner than later, 
and that's what this whole new internet world allows and you're a lot of fucking things and you're gonna be like, and so like have, you should immediately put all the chips and run it through you. Back to Instagram stories or Facebook ad. Because of ads, you have unlimited real estate. The more I'll get. You understand? So if business number two and four are doing great, I'd post about them never. A little bit, you know? You understand? No, again, sorry. Sure. When you sell, you give up points. The audience doesn't like it. Yes. So if you've got five things to communicate and three of them are going perfect, I wouldn't sell as much as you can help it. Okay. Right? Like I've taken on a lot of responsibility on me lately with the sneaker and the book came out and fucking I got another little secret wine project and my the dad sport. business and the sport. Like, like I yeah. don't, like thank God that I've gotten it so big that it's still by percentage in a good place but like two years ago was the best. I wasn't asking for shit. I just, I've just overwhelmed the amount of value I'm bringing so it's given me the air cover to like throw the right hook of a sneaker or four Ds. I just, I had, that's why I kind of had to go there. I had to go Otherwise, right? Tip the balance, right? What's really interesting is I went first and I'm like, wait a minute, I have room to do the sneaker thing. So I actually did it backwards. It wasn't that I wanted to monetize, I realized I had the air cover and I like selling stuff and I like building businesses. Like, um, you know, I, I'm, you know, I also want to do good, like, and I get the concept of doing, giving back to the game. Like, I, I feel like I'm giving back to entrepreneurship more than fucking almost everybody in the whole thing right now. I feel great about it while I'm equally trying to build a business. Start to be a businessman, it's a, I must learn how to do it. So <coughs> the goal is in uh, prepare like uh, all the companies, like a big company. You want to create a holding company yes. for all the companies. Say it to Maribel in Spanish, that's fine. consorcio, porque tengo muchas empresas que todas recaen personalmente en mí, o sea, no soy una compañía, soy Joaquín, soy una unipersonal. So I think you can do that by creating one singular website with your name.com and when you land on that website, it just tells the story of all your separate businesses and you could tab it out and I could click one of the businesses and it would take you to the one company and I can click, the, you, it, that's just structuring your comms on your website. I, I, look, the transition from entrepreneur to businessman, I would argue, don't overthink it. What you do is much harder than that part. If you hire a good lawyer, that part can be taken care of. I mean it. I'm, I'm in meetings with lawyers, yeah. founders. Yeah. Uh, Listen, I went through it too. I'm an entrepreneur. And through my experience, I learned how to be an operator, an executive, whatever you want to call it. Uh, let me make you a big promise. I've gotten stupider. You got? Stupider. You? Yeah. <laughs> what I'm, the joke I'm making is the stuff that you value of being a businessman, it's not very complicated. Meaning? It is to maybe entrepreneurs like us because we're creating. Me, me too. I didn't. My friend, me neither. <laughs> I played fucking video games for four years. I didn't study shit. I learned it on the job. I made a lot of fucking mistakes. Let me say it again. 
it's not very complicated, but for you and I, it's a little complicated because we don't know. Get a good lawyer that you trust and you will be super fine. It's not that big of a deal. Building company, you are a businessman. Structuring shit, I mean it. Don't put it on a pedestal. You'll get stupider like I did. And we all, uh, my, my goal is just only make content because we are so far away. We are in the southernmost city in the world just from the Argentinian people. It's five hours flight, an expensive flight. Yes. So it's not so easy to sell. No, you That's have to. That's why it's I super smart. Just promote my destiny, my town, That's my it. town, my That's city, it. my city. You my have city. to make it romantic. And wait a long term. Because you're smart. You're doing branding because your sales wouldn't work. No, no, that was, when you say that you must have sold something in this case, well, maybe start to make t-shirts and those things. I, I would say that's interesting to me, back to what I said to them. Like, I do think for the scalability, if you get bored or if you want another challenge, because, you know, what's better than five businesses? Six, you know? <laughs> uh, I do think, to your point, merch or a product, you know, these kind of uh, new business are going to be the goals for the entrepreneurship foundation. So for I love the it. Poor people, I love it. Poor people, we are going to teach how I love to it. make t-shirts, for stamp you. it, and sell it. The profit love for it. them, and they love it. It's very good. That's how to sell something. But you're in the propaganda business. You have to make videos, pictures, and audio that makes me think it's compelling to fly even from the closest place five hours to you. You have to make it an adventure. Nobody used to want to go to Iceland. <laughs> and then they figured it out. You can figure it out. I mean it. Especially with fucking Facebook, man. Especially with Facebook. Yes, there we work in the last year and, and we are reaching 100,000 people. But just in Spanish, so we are thinking about to go to... We High net worth, rich. Gotta be rich to want to come to you. They recommend me that I, I am not aprovechando. Uh, taking advantage. Taking advantage for the uh, other other people, rich people. So I'm just receiving the local people, Argentinian people. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was a week in Miami with some some meetings with lawyers and accountants. And and they told me, well, there's a lot of rich people in this country that they want to kill to reach your place, your nature, your safety area. I 100% agree. But uh, I don't know how to do it, so that's why Facebook. I'm asking for help. Facebook. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so <coughs> my goal is to create for my company to become the leader in positive yep. mental yep. education for kids. Uh, so I can tell you what I've done so far, and I would love to hear your thoughts. What else you would you would do? Um, so first, we created a journal. It's a journal for kids. It, it's very um, unique. Nothing like this exists. So it's, it got very popular. Very. What fast. was the most unique part of it? Uh, it's a positive growth mindset journal. It's illustrated. It has a lot of stories about famous people and Musk. You know, like nothing like this. It exists really. Okay. So uh, we got popular with parents and teachers. Now is Elon Musk going to be popular when Tesla goes out of business? Yes. Cool. Space 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 cool. Just I'm just curious how that. I mean, not that I know if it will or not, but this new story that's coming out about his financial situation, I was just wondering, like, what happens in that scenario? 
Like if they literally need to, like if Ford buys it, or if like, like what happens? Because he could have raised a ton of capital, but he took on debt out of hubris, which is amazing, because I'm that way. I'm just curious what the punchline is. Like if you wake up tomorrow and you're Tesla bankrupt, what kind of hit That's is that? I'm to get the bars. You guys full rock star, and just hangs out with other people who have money. And... Yeah. I know, what does that mean? I, I don't know. No, no, it just, it's, you know, the 99% have an answer and the 1% have an answer. That's always the case, to your point. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we try to teach children perseverance and, and learn from failure, a lot of mistakes and, and you know, <coughs> things like that, positive mindset. Um, so right now, uh, we got very big very fast because we started sharing a lot of free content and every week I send a free kind of worksheet or poster or something we have. You brought value consistently. Very consistently, yep. 120,000. A newsletter and then 35% open rate. Um, so it's working very, very well. So I'm wondering what else, um, how do I take it to the next level? What about 100,000? 125,000, right? So what about a million subscribers at 38% open rate? Yeah, I want that. So, I mean, um, and my ultimate goal is to, is awareness. Um, of course more than you know, profit or revenue at this point. Sure, so what are you doing with the profit? Um, well, I mean. For I, real. I, I'm trying to figure out what to do with, with money. I get it. Yeah. Well, you should do branding. Yeah. Because your number one goal is awareness. How much money are you spending on Facebook ads? A lot. How much? Um, $80,000 a month. Great, what about 120? <coughs> Yeah, I mean no, I'm really taking you down a very important path. <coughs> a lot of times people think it's new things, not deeper. A lot of times people think it's seven events, not three. A lot of times people keep making new content when he has 11 viral clips that he can run for the rest of his life and get to everybody in America. There just might not be, I mean the only thing I would say is you could build your personal brand you, a podcast is something you know I push very heavy, I think would yeah. really work for you. Like really work for you. The interviews? Mm-hmm. Just like parents and teachers and make, you know, you, I, I just have an intuitive feeling that you could really win podcasting. Okay. Um, and then you could spend your Facebook money smarter and better. Are you doing that in-house? No. You have an outside thing. And how's it working? I was doing it myself for the first sure. couple months and it was, Got big. It was very, yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. I hired the agency, it's a little bit worse now. Makes sense. Yeah. Agencies are bad. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I think you need to look at that. Like, you know, I think a lot of times I do it when I start, in the beginning of any company I build, I'm unbelievably tight and then when it starts working, I can go very loose and I think you need to be careful because $80,000 a month and spend is a lot of money. Yeah. And so like, I think you two and me and you, because you did it and maybe some others here, know the delta there could be enormous. 80,000 on Facebook could be acting like 500,000 or could be acting like $4. Mm-hmm. You know, is that doing sales or is that doing branding? It's doing sales. All of it? Mm-hmm. It's a huge mistake. Yeah. You said your number one thing is you want to build awareness. Yeah. You're spending $80,000 on sales and $0 on awareness. On Facebook, yeah. Well, the other thing. The we- number one platform of attention in our society. Well, what I can say uh, is we have a very big Facebook group. It's 35,000 people. I just zero sales, sales there. That's so. tiny compared to what you're spending $80,000 on reach of impressions. 
I don't know, like we're talking it through, right? Yes. You said the number one thing is you want awareness. Yeah. Because you're smart, you're right. You're spending $80,000 a month on 100% sales. Yeah. And your justification on awareness is you have a 35,000 person Facebook group. Yeah. That's <laughs> not right. So spend everything on awareness. On no, because then you'll go out of business. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should, you should spend, you know, I don't know enough, but I'm getting the sense now. Early, quick intuition, it'll be a piece of cake for you to spend $10,000 on Facebook for just brand and making two minute, and making, you can fix it if you want, and making two minute uh, videos about your mission or, you know, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. You see where I'm going? Yeah. And also the demo you're going after, you need to have a very extremely focused Instagram campaign and strategy as well. Because if you think about millennial parents, Mm -hmm. who I assume is your target audience based on what you're building, even if you go to, you know, teenagers, their attention is heavy on Instagram. And the subject matter that you're doing plays very well on Instagram. Whereas pest control doesn't, you know, positive mindset, what the fuck, where are we right now? Like, of course. Yeah. So content for... What are you doing on Instagram? So we do, um, we have an Instagram account, 26,000 subscribers. We do quotes and show uh, our customers with our journals. (laughs) But But because your sales focus in real actuality and because Facebook works much better for sales, that's been far more where your focus is. Yeah. It's a mistake. You need to get the right balance. Mm-hmm. You need to do a lot more branding and you gotta pour more money and time and energy into Instagram okay. and into branding on Facebook and ASAP. So Instagram branding, so basically. How many times are you? Can I show yeah. customers without, okay, so it's Big Life Journal. Big Life Journal? Yeah. Okay. Can I show customers without products or is it sales? I think you're doing a decent job, like on Quick Look. Okay. I like theoretically where you're going. Um, I think what I'm gonna find out, but I could be wrong. Let's see. You're not posting enough. Okay. You're posting once a day. Yes. You need to post like three, four times a day, okay. and you need to run some ads for both sales and branding. Okay. But a much smaller allocation of your overall marketing budget than you're doing on Facebook. Call it like in the beginning at least, maybe. So on Facebook you should probably be doing 80 sales, 20 branding, and on Instagram you should be doing 50% branding and 50% sales, and maybe not even that much, because Instagram sales are gonna cost a lot more money than Facebook sales, and you know, you should milk the sales machine of Facebook. But the branding on Instagram's off the charts is important. Okay. And the branding would be, just talk about Content that. that brings value to people. <coughs> in my case, uh, all the money I, I use in ads is just for branding. Of course, because your sales won't work. It's too expensive and it's too far off. Branding will be your best sales engine. For her, her cost event, how much is your product? 25. Her product is $25. So sales will work. Your product is real fucking money to visit the country, you know. You're in a tourism business. She's in the CPG business. Cool. I'll see you guys in a little bit. Thank you. Thank you. 
Okay, everyone, that's it. That's episode two of Inside 4Ds. I just want to thank you guys for making it this far. And I know these episodes are long, and at some points they're difficult to hear some of the speakers in the room. Trust me, that's something that we're working on. We would really love your feedback. So please send me a tweet or an email. With any of your notes, we're, you know, we're very malleable in these early stages as we figure out the format and distribution and how we want to go about these. So thanks so much for joining in. Wishing you all health and wellness, and we'll see you on the next episode of Inside 40s.